views expressed here are my own and not that of my university. I do not condone any of the actions within this interview and would like to make aware that this was done for educational purposes only. I condemn any of the actions that this hacker has done that are illegal and any comments made by myself that may seem to condone or agree with them is just the way that I speak and act. I again must stress that this was done for educational purposes only and I do not condone and I condemn the actions spoke about today. Okay then, CC, if you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, basically got my first computer when I was about 12, bought it off my dad, and ever since then I've been interested in computers, technology, security, stuff like that. Cool. And then, um, carry on, sorry. Yeah, yeah, carry on. Um, where, obviously, like, to become a, a hacker, a black hat, uh, you obviously needed to learn um, the skills that you, you possess today. How did you go about learning um, what you do now, and what is it that you do now? Well, basically, when I was 12, I got keylogged, and I was just so interested in how that stuff worked, how it, how it managed to sort of manipulate the keyboard and how it managed to like find ways of finding out what you were typing so ever since then I was interested in security and how stuff worked on there so I started programming when I was 12 I started off with Perl a small scripting language which I soon ditched to code C sharp but I quite frankly grew sick of the .NET framework and I moved on to C when I was early 14 and started I also started hacking around then when I was 13. Started getting into this. It, it all started with basic RFI, which is just shit, basically. XSS and LFI, which is a bit more complicated, but still pretty basic. And then SQL injection and remote code. Did you find people to teach you that, or did you, did you do that all yourself? Was that all like self taught online? No, I did. I did get in with a couple of friends whose names I'll not mention, but we basically, one of the guys helped me out quite a bit, and he taught me he taught me most of the things that I know, and I still have contact with him today, years on. But he basically showed us, showed us where to look, like where to find the information to learn it. But then yeah. from then, he, he never actually taught me how to do it, you just point me in the direction, and then I'd have to go and research it and study it, which is basically what my summer holiday was when I was 13. It was learning to program Perl and get research on different hacking techniques, different means of exploitation. You said that you started with programming Perl and went to C-sharp um, and then yeah. went back to C. Um, what you said around the same time there is that's when you started hacking. What, what started your... I'd say, like, hacking career, what what was it that, that made you decide, right, okay, I'm going to start hacking now? Well, the, it was actually kind of the other way around. I, I was interested in hacking, but I also knew that I would have to learn how to program to be able to hack. You can't really hack when you don't know how to program because there's so many different situations where you need the program and you need the knowledge to actually accomplish the hack within, like studying source code, auditing it, and stuff like that. You do need programming skills. 
So yeah. it 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 went on from that, and as as I grew better with programming and my knowledge sort of became more expertise, if you will, then I got better at hacking. What do you remember back, if you want to talk about it, do you remember right back when you first started, what was the first thing you ever did hack? That's a tough question. I, I think it was, well, it was all basically just little sites where we, we wrote a script to just go out and find sites which were vulnerable to RFI. And it was a little pearl script that me and a friend worked on, which joined the IRC channel. And it just you'd give it a you'd give it a list of websites, and it would just go through them all and spy to the website, and it would just try everything that it could to find an RFI. That was yeah. it, it was cool back then, but when you look at it now, it's like what the fuck? It's just we, we I mean, managed um, to get quite a few shells. Yeah, and. Um, do you, have you ever, oh, that was around when you were 13, 14, I'm guessing, yeah. 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 Have you ever Have you ever tried to go back to any of them websites and see if the shells are still live? Um, actually, that, that's that's quite a funny fact. Um, funny question, because, yeah, there are, and I know there's two sites out there where when I first started hacking, everybody starts defacing, because it's like, oh, I want to get my name out there, I, I want to be known anything you want everybody to know who you are but now i don't really deface but yeah there's i think there's two sites out there which still show hacked by my handle but yeah apart from that there are quite regular sites which are hacked and i came i checked my logs from about two years ago the other day and most of them still have shells on and most of them i still have root, root access to okay um, why why is it CC that you you do hack? What what motivates you to do that? Well, to me, I'm the kind of kid that if you've got a red button and it says danger, don't push. I won't give it toss. I'll push the button because I want to know what I want to know what is behind that button. I will. I'll just. It's just the thrill of cracking into servers at like two in the morning with some of your friends who you've known for years and really trust then it's just the adrenaline junkie kind of thing I guess it's great does it never bother you about getting caught or um, do you ever do you ever go do you ever feel morally wrong to the people that you're doing it against there's there's a few times where I've actually in, in the recent years, in the recent last two years, I've started emailing admins because I feel like I don't really want to see such a good site be destroyed by some other little kid who gains access. So there's probably about 10 or 20 or so sites where I've emailed them. There was, a, there was British Energy. I emailed British Energy. I emailed Ultimate Guitar, which is in the top 250 on Alexa. The admin replied to that one. We've I've emailed a religious website, I've emailed a small band website and many others, a teaching website for like students and stuff like that. If yeah. it's if it's a big site and it, and you can see that they've done a lot of hard work and they really don't want it messed up, then yeah, I I respect that fact that they've put hard work into it and I email the admin. Yeah. 
to make sure that the hole is patched. Sorry. Just just a little just a little point for myself is that um, we do you remember back in I can't remember what year it is, but do you remember the tsunami? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, there was a guy there who, yeah, I think it was 2005. Uh, there was a guy there who he he was, I think he was donating some money to that charity online, and he was a, yeah. um, a security consultant, and he found a vulnerability, and he actually exploited the vulnerability within the website to check that if it worked. Um, didn't steal yeah. any money or anything, but he, you know he made sure it was there. He got in touch with the people, said, look, people could be stealing money from the charity. And the charity yeah. literally flipped on him, and they they right. took him to court, had him convicted. He lost his yeah. job. He found it difficult to get a job. Obviously, that that's the kind of thing you're doing. I mean, just yeah. just from an ethical standpoint, you know, you can still get caught and still get into trouble. I mean, is it is yeah, it anything you'd ever do as a job? Yeah, I I do it as a job. Yeah, that that's what I want to go into. But I, I yeah. see what you mean with him. I mean, I've only ever had two replies out of about 20 sites that I've emailed. I got a reply from Ultimate Guitar, and I got a reply from the small band website, and they didn't take any charges. They just said, look, thank you. I'm glad you pointed it out, because if it had been anybody else, they probably would have fucked us over. Okay, and before before you email the admin, um, do, you, do you do anything before that? Do you upload a shell, or do you use it to... to hide yourself well, uh, something bigger or it depends usually we we do usually leave a proxy on the server I've got to say that that's that's always one of the key benefits to having servers we usually just run a proxy on it and then from there yeah. we'll email the admin but we won't keep access we'll just if it's a decent website we'll just let them know and we'll just provide proof that we've gained access and then we'll yeah. email them saying that look we're not bad hackers we want to help you fix your site so that they don't kind of kick off. But there's been a few times when I've been caught, yeah. Okay, and what when you say being caught, what what were the consequences of that? Well, there was when I was 13. I remember there being an old VB DOS exploit out there, and there was a guy at my school, and he ran a forum, and I, I quite frankly, I fucking hated him. And I hit the forum. So I used the exploit on that. And the hosting company decided to take action on that. But in the end, it was dropped. So it never really got taken to the police, which was lucky. There was a second time when I hacked the RapidShare site. It was a RapidShare sort of warehouse site with lots of accounts. And back then, RapidShares you could sell quite easily and shift off hundreds at a time for quite a yeah. numerous amount of money. But... I got caught on that, and in the end, I actually, the admin emailed me, and uh, he said, I've noticed you broke into my site. Is there any way you can help me hack into this site? So I managed to get out of that one by hacking into the site for him. And then okay. the, first two, the first two times weren't really that big. It was more of just like a, the admin emailing us. But the last time, I hacked into a phone company, and managed to get root access on the box. And I also got access to the SMS gateway, so I can send free text to the world from any number to any number. And stupidly, I thought, oh, let's test it. And I sent a message after message to my personal phone number. And, yeah, it ended up with the admins calling me and uh, 
I got quite a bollocking for that, and uh, I haven't touched it since, but uh, I still have access. I take you talking about the phone, uh, the phone company. I take it is that is that the biggest thing you've ever had? It's up there. It's in the top four. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's one of the things where okay. I still have access. Yeah. Um, going going back to this phone, uh, the uh, the hacks and stuff. You've uh, you've sent me a file that you said uh, I can pop on the website along with this interview. Um, like no yep. good did with a screenshot. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's named bench bench2.php. If you want to just talk us through that. Uh, yep, let me just bring up the file. Yep, there we go. Well, you can see in the header that it was coded in 2009. It was coded at the beginning of last year, roughly around May time, for a site that I hacked in April of last year. It was the phone site. Um it was it's basically the the vulnerability that was on the website was a blind SQL injection, but it wasn't just any normal blind, it was benchmark, which means that it in no way it gives you no way, no output to let you know that the SQL query has properly submitted. So you use benchmark to lag the server and you determine the the response time from the server to the script, from the like your computer to the server. And that's how you can judge whether you've got like the correct SQL statement and stuff. So basically, the argument is the site is the site that you're going to inject is the first um, is the first argument. The second is the actual like injection that you're going to do. So the actual injection, the SQL injection, and the third one is the average time of the server for the response yep. rate. So, basically, it uses curl, so it initializes curl, it sets the cookie, sets the sets the post field, and also sets the user agent, and then it tests whether the site is vulnerable. So it'll do just a basic test, it's just testing against a string, you have an SQL error, basically, and then it's, if it, re- if it returns that, then it's vulnerable. It goes on to sort of do a little test, and finds the, um, finds the normal response time, which will be roughly about one second, possibly earlier. depends on your bandwidth. The second one, it then tests against the lag. So the lag, it'll probably, it'll execute, say, 1,000 MD5 routines, which will obviously lag the server. So usually if it execute, executes about 1,000, it'll lag for about 10, 15 seconds when the normal response time should be under five seconds. So that's how we can gauge whether it's injectable and stuff. It next pulls the MySQL version, uh, <laughs> virgin. next pulls the MySQL version <laughs> by just, it's just a simple loop, just goes from three to five and tests if it's correct. Once it's found it, it lets yeah. you know. Um, then it actually goes on to the actual injection of your query. Now that we've determined it's vulnerable, determined the version of it, It'll go on and execute your query. So it's just a it's in a function and it does a basic loop. It finds out the length yeah. of the result, so it'll just do the injection, and it'll use the clause length to return how big the string is that we're going to get. So it'll do a loop, and the max the max string can be 150 characters. You can edit the script to bump it up, but I'm sure you don't have to. 
if the length is zero, then obviously the query's failed, so it doesn't move on from there. And once it's on there, it'll try and execute. So it goes through right. from the first character to the last character, so it'll do a loop for the length, and then for each character slot, it'll go through the ASCII table, the ASCII table, so it'll go through from A to yeah. Z, which is 45 to 122, and it'll just pull each character. Now, this takes some time. When when I hacked the website, it took an average of 15 to 20 minutes for each one, and it was just over 1,000 queries each time. So you can imagine doing it by hand. You'd, you'd be there for mm. a week. And then to find out that it's not vulnerable or, you know, or there's no way of access, then, you know, you're pretty much just wasting time. Yeah, I mean, you're saying thousands of queries. What's the... Um What's the chance of being caught? Well, as you can imagine, executing well over a thousand queries is going to make a lot in the Apache logs. So mm. the chances, if if you don't get root and you don't find a way to clean the logs, then, you know, if you've got a switched on admin, then, you know, he, he, he's going to fuck you. Most yeah. likely. Okay. But, of course, you can always program to use a proxy so I guess there is a way out of that but yeah it does generate a lot of logs okay cool um, thanks for going through that now you talked about rapid share earlier in the rapid share website and selling accounts on that um, off the top of yeah. your head um, since you've been 14 13 14 how much money do you reckon you've made from hacking Fuck. Well, I know I paid for my Xbox, my Xbox Elite, back when they were about 300 odd quid. So, give my mum the money for that, and she went and got that. There, there was times where I'd sell programs like the odd Trojan keylogger and stuff when I was first starting out, the general newbie shit that you don't kind of code now, but I don't condone fraud. To me, fraud is fraud is not hacking. It's not It's not ethical in no means. I would never, ever do fraud. Fraud is different. Basically, I would, I'd code a, I'd code a simple tool, say a keylogger, which people can install on their mom's computer or their dad's. First, say ten pounds a pop, and you could sell the source code for about three hundred. Well, maybe not three hundred. Back then, it would be three hundred, but now, now I, I release everything open source now. So, two, do two questions just just come to my mind. You, yeah. You've mentioned a couple of times or said the word newbie or new or wouldn't yeah. do that kind of thing anymore. From what point would you have classed yourself, would you have ever have classed yourself a script kiddie? And if so, how long ago oh, would yeah. that have been? Yeah, definitely. Everybody starts off as a script kiddie. You don't, whoever, whoever calls themselves a hacker and then says that they were never a script kiddie is not a hacker. They're still script kiddie because everybody's script kiddie at one point. But... Probably until until I was about 14 and a half, I would class myself as a script kiddie. Because yeah. back then and I wasn't really just, learning just from, anything. Yeah. Well, Obviously, from I'd there on, you, uh, you learn yeah. your programming and stuff. Yeah, from then on, I That's really started to gain knowledge. Okay. And um, the second one is... The last interview that we did um, was with a guy called No Good, and he was part of like an underground group. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been part of an underground group, or is it? Have you only ever like had a couple of friends from school or college or whatever? Many, 
yeah, many groups. I've been I've been invited to loads. Um, there was Cipher Crew. I used to be part of them. There is a website which I will not name, but I was I was high up in the ranks then, and I was part of nine people who were invited into the elite section out of about forty thousand on the website. The, the website is now offline now. The community broke up, but the IRC channel is still there. Um, there was another name, another group which I will not name, but we hacked some pretty big websites with them, which I will also not name because they are far too big, But and we still have access to them. Yeah. But, yeah, some we've I've had some pretty good friends. I still, I'm still in contact yeah. with most of them, and the majority of them are still hacking, so we do hack the website every now and then for old times. Now, how, obviously I'm I'm studying uh, ethical hacking. Yeah. What, what's, you, what's you obviously coming from a standpoint on, I come from a standpoint on ethics and morals and I obviously yeah. disagree with the things that you're doing. Um, yeah. What, yeah, what what's your viewpoint towards ethical hacking? Do you think it works? In my opinion, it's not a waste of time. I see it as a way for a hacker to hack legally. Right. See, when I see it as when you're a black hat like me, well, I wouldn't call myself black hat. I call myself grey hat. But when when you sort of black hat, you hack for the fun of the adrenaline rushes and like stuff like that, to break into websites and find a means of getting access to data that you shouldn't be able to. I mean, that is what hacking is all about, is getting access to information and data that you shouldn't really generally be able to. But I still think that applies for when you write that. I mean, you're still going to get the same bills when you're broken into the website who's paying you. It's, it's basically hacking, but getting paid and not using it for bad reasons, I guess. I mean, before before we do any testing, we we have to sign contracts. We have to, you know, go through a yeah. lot of different means and stuff. I mean, do you know much yeah. about the computer misuse act yourself? I don't know. All, all I know is no. that the shit I do is illegal. What you're doing is is illegal under the computer misuse act. Um, yeah. So I would definitely recommend that you you have a look at the computer misuse act. Just just so for your own knowledge of, you know, knowing what you're doing, um, yeah. you know, basically what you're doing and how it is illegal. Um, yeah. but it wouldn't, it wouldn't really stop that, me, but yeah. I, I mean, is it. there anything that would stop you? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, what, what type if thing I really would be, did, would it be getting caught? Yeah, if, if I got, if that phone company managed to get one over on us, then yeah, I probably probably would stop, or I'd or I'd try and go into the ethical side of things, which I am now. But yeah. Oh, so you you going onto the ethical side of things now? Are you? What what what's your plans for the future then? Well, my plans are to yeah go into the ethical side of things. Just I recently, like I said, I recently started emailing admins and stuff like letting them know of their vulnerabilities and I find it 
now I find hacking is teaching other people how not to make mistakes. I mean, we're all humans. Yeah. We all make mistakes. But, you know, knowledge is priceless. You can't, you can't really share this kind of knowledge. So I just want to try and let people know and be wary of it. Okay. Um, now, the last question really is yeah. away from hacking. I mean, for, apart from your computer and what you do, um, on your computer, what other hobbies do you have? Just so that people don't get the idea that you're just sitting from your computer every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I play guitar. I play drums. I also do a bit of reversing on the computer, of course, and programming is a hobby. But that programming isn't always for hacking. I don't always use it for hacking reasons. Um, Xbox, PC games, I like to spend time out with my friends. Generally, sort of stuff like that. Cool. All right, then. Well, thank you very much for your time, CC. Um, yeah. Like I said to no good before, if you ever want to do a blog post on the website, a guest blog post, I'd be more than happy to have that posted up for you as long as it wasn't illegal. <laughs> and, yep. uh, yeah, that, that's really anything. Have you got any questions for me before we go? Um, not really, just... Good luck on the course and good luck with the blog. Thank you. And uh, again, I know we I've talked to you about it before, but if you do uh, ever find anybody who would be interested in doing this interview, do get them in touch yep. with me. Yeah, I shall. Brilliant. Do. All right, and all right, and thank you very right. much. Bye. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Hack the Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net. So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.